Hello, and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today's guest, oh my gosh, it's one of my really good friends. I love this woman. She is one of the top realtors in the state of Texas. She is the founder of the Lux Group powered by EXP, Elizabeth Riley. Hi, friend. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to see you. Thank you for having me. How are you? I am doing fantastic, and I am thrilled to see you. We were just together in Florida. We're going to be together in Mexico next week. I'm like loving the fact that I get to see you a lot. I'm just following you around the world. You know, I want to be like Michael Valdez when I grow up. So, you know, I'm your little shadow. I I love it. This is this is a good shadow. It's a good team. There's no yeah, shadow. Absolutely. Every, everyone sort of like is together as a family. Yes. I love, I love this. So as I said, look, you're a rock star in Texas. You uh, And Texas is now the hottest sort of like market that there is in the U.S. Austin, forget it. Austin's yeah. been named what? The number one city in America. It's right? insane. The whole, the whole Tesla thing going on, right? It's like, listen, I was even looking at property in, in Austin. Uh, forget it. It's like, yeah. can't even get in. Can't even get in. But before you actually got into all of this, you actually came from a marketing background. So for the sake of the listeners, tell us a little bit about where you came from with marketing, because it's like amazing what you did with marketing and then how you got into real estate. Sure. So it's funny because um, one of <laughs> my dad said something to me a long time ago and he said, why did I spend all that money on you going to college if you're just a real estate agent? And I looked Ooh. at him and I said, what do you think I do? What was my major? And he said, marketing. And I said, that's what I do every single day. So it, it was funny when I had to educate my dad kind of on, on what I did and what I was doing. But real estate was never my, uh, my, my passion. That wasn't my goal. So marketing was my background. I actually was uh, majoring in international marketing and my minor was in Russian because I had been really? to, I wanted to go be an international business. Um, and I, my first job out of college when I graduated was in Austin, Texas, just getting my feet wet in marketing. And so I just kind of went a different path, right? That's what's so cool is like you go in different, different directions and you never know where you're going to end up. Um, and so I worked in marketing all my career. I was in, you know, one company and then I went to Dell computer. Uh, I actually did marketing, but I also ran college recruiting at Dell. So I just kind of did a whole bunch of different things, but it always involved people and finding solutions and bringing people together and connecting people. And so um, when I moved to Atlanta, my husband was transferred to Atlanta and I worked for a company called Stan Smith Events. And if anybody knows tennis, they know who Stan Smith was, famous, famous tennis player in the 70s. He's one of the most humble, amazing men you will ever meet. And we would do major um, corporate events around major sporting events. So if you think about like the Greece Olympics or Australian yeah. Open or Wimbledon, things like that. And so it was during that time, my husband and I had rental properties and we were meeting with my CPA and my CPA looked at what we were doing and said, one of you needs to get your real estate license. And my husband said, well, I have a corporate job with a steady paycheck and benefits. It's not me. And I said, well, I'm about to go to Greece for the Olympics. I have no interest in real estate. True story. And so um, he said, you just have to do it part time. You just have to show the IRS you're doing something because then you can take advantage of a lot of write offs and things like that. And so sure. the numbers were significant enough that kicking and screaming, I went and got my real estate license. 
And so that was in Atlanta, Georgia. And then now what do I do? And I talked to some people that were in the business and four of them happened to be in real estate in different companies. And so I ended up uh, aligning with a company that would allow me to do it part-time, right? So um, part-time, that's all I was going to do. But I love the people there. And then my friends, I had a small sphere. And so my friends were like, well, I'm looking for a house. I said, oh, well, let's go look for a house, right? Or yeah. Can you help me look for a condo. Absolutely. And that's, then I said, well, if my friends are looking for houses, then that's what I'll do. And so I built my business with my sphere of influence, people that know, like, and trust me. So built my business there, realized I love this. This is so fun. I love that every day was different. I love the negotiation aspect. I love so many things about it. Um, and so I built my business in Atlanta. And then 2008, my husband was transferred to Austin, Texas. And, you know, the market burst in Atlanta and we were doing short sales and foreclosures. And so in Austin, you know, it, it was a better market. And so everybody thought I was crazy for, you know, continuing to do real estate here. But for me, I saw it as opportunity. So didn't know anybody, had to rebuild my sphere here, got to know people. Uh, and, and that's what I did in starting in 2008 and um, became one of the top agents. In fact, I was the number one agent at my brokerage in 2014. And there were uh, 650 agents. Wow. Um, and that was before I made a change and came over to eXp. So wait, we're going to unravel a lot there. So you basically got into real estate because you drew the short straw. Exactly. <laughs> and no interest. And I will admit, my husband was probably like, you were such a brat, you know, but again, you just never know where life's going to take you. And I love where I've ended up. That Well, and so do I. And we're going to we're going to get into that conversation. But I want to sort of like unravel a couple of these things that you because you threw a lot of stuff in here. Yeah, that's a lot. International marketing and Russian. Where did Russia come into this whole thing? Okay, quite quite frankly, I was going to do Japanese, but if I had, I had that to makes wait a lot more sense. I had to wait a semester, and I would have had to graduate longer. And so, I when I was younger, I would take a bunch of languages. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty. I should have stuck with one, um, <laughs> but I didn't. And if I had stuck with one, I would have been fluent and used that to my advantage. But I would get bored real easy. Yeah. You know, I would yeah. take. You know, I took Latin and then I took German and I, you know, took Spanish and uh, my dad really wanted me to take Spanish. And when your dad wants you to do something, you go and take French instead. Right. So not the smartest thing, but uh, I just got bored and um, right. with languages quickly. And so I pick them up quickly, but obviously I don't use it anymore. And that was my big plan. So I love also the fact that you had that rich history with Stan Smith. Right. And so yeah. you knew branding. And yeah. so you actually took that into the real estate market. Tell me how important brand is in this industry. You know, I didn't really understand how important brand was. I always thought it mattered what company you were with, mm. right? I was only as good as the company I was with. So I really, my first good 10 years, I focused on the company. And then I realized wait, people are doing business with me because of me, not because of the company, right? They're doing business with me because of who I am, what I can do for them, how I can serve them. Um, and, and I always say your vibe attracts your tribe. So why am I marketing somebody else? Because I'm either building somebody else's brand or I'm building my own. So I took that opportunity um, when I made a change. I wanted to get more into the luxury space, right? And so I said, well, how can I do that? So I could brand myself. And so I launched the Lux Property Group, right? Which 
that's perception. That's luxury. Now it's hurt me a little bit over the years because people think all I do is luxury. So I've had to pivot and educate a little bit differently. Um, But my business completely changed when that perception changed. So branding is incredibly important, but it's really about who you are and how you tie it to you and be genuine and authentic because people are going to buy into you and then they buy into the brand and those need to mix and they don't need to mix. They need to like, they need to um, align very, very well. Absolutely. And so tell me how that aligned for you when you joined EXP. Well, it was great because first of all, nobody knew who EXP was at the time. Right. So when did you join? Four, huh? When did you join? What year? May 2015. I started talking to Glenn wow. in 2014 and there were 400 agents at the time. Right. So I'm agent 466, which is oh. unbelievable when we have what, 52,000 agents now globally? Almost. Right. So nobody knew who EXP was. So why would I focus on branding EXP when I am in a market that, you know, headquarters of other brokerages are here? And so I would be competing with that. So I had to make a change. I couldn't focus on that. So what could I use that would give me an advantage and give me a benefit? And so I branded myself in that way. Uh, And I think if I were to come over now, everybody knows who EXP is. So I think it would have been a little bit easier. Um, I was just climbing a hill before. And so that was my solution. I love that. So then tell me what happened. It's like everyone caught up to the EXP story. Is that it? So why did you join EXP in 2005 when it wasn't as well known as it is now? In 2005? Sorry, when did you join? I 2015. 2015, sorry. I, I, just, I didn't even know that. I, I, I wish they'd known in 2000. No, it was sort of like, in my head, it was sort of like, you know, you joined five years before me. So I had five in my head. Oh, gosh. Gotcha. So you joined 2015 because I yeah. joined May of 2020. Yeah. Wow. And that doesn't, it doesn't seem like, um, why I joined, quite frankly, um, I met Glenn Sanford and people yeah. joined people. And yeah. he sat there. I tell this story all the time. He sat there and he showed me the world. He showed me the campus. We were meeting in a Regis office. Yep. And he actually took me into an executive board meeting. So I think I met Jason Guessing and some of the other people and I didn't get it. Yeah. Right. I'm not a techie person and you don't have to be techie at our company, but I just didn't understand what he saw. I didn't understand his vision, but I did understand that he was changing the way things were done. He wanted it to be an agent focused company. He wanted it to be a company led by uh, top producers where the agents had a say and the agents had a voice. And he was an agent. He came from an agent background and mindset. And I sat there and I listened to him. And it didn't hurt that Stefan Swanepoel had the trends report out and said, watch EXP Realty. They're the Amazon.com of real estate. But I sat there and I sat across from Glenn Sanford and he was real. He was was humble. He was authentic. And he still is that way, which is amazing to me. Um, And I say people join people. So I joined because... I met Glenn Sanford. And then from there, I met Jason Guessing. And Jason was exactly the same way. And I wanted to be with people that I could align with. I wanted to be with people that were like-minded, that I believed in and I trusted and I could grow with. And that's why I joined EXP in 2015. You know, and that is so true because that's the reason that I joined as well, right? I met Jason first. And then when I met Glenn and understood his vision, yeah. it was like, oh my God, this man is, is Steve Jobs. I mean, he really is. And it's very rare 
in life that you meet someone who is such a visionary, right? And sort of like, and look at our industry, our industry, there's not a lot of disruption in our industry really no. before EXP came in. Every, you know, I came, you know, where I worked before and I came from one of the largest sort of real estate companies in, on the planet. And it was just like, and when I first met with them, I'm like, what are you talking about? What is this avatar thing? Yeah. And so it was just like, what are you talking about? And it was, uh, and it took me a while, but when I got it, oh my God, that I then sort of see the potential that was available to the rest of the world for yeah. this. And it was like, oh my God, I want in. And it was that vision and sharing the vision and being able to really be, you know, now I just sort of say that it's become larger than any of us. Right. And it's now sort of, it's a movement. And we're just a part of it. It's an amazing journey and story to be a part of, right? And I went to Texas A&M University. And yeah. there was a saying we had, because we were really rich in tradition. Okay. Yeah. And there were things we would do that people were like, what are they doing? Yeah. There's a saying that we had that said, from the outside looking in, you can't understand it. And from the inside looking out, you can't explain it. Mm. That's how I feel a lot with EXP. As much as I try to explain it to somebody, as soon as they come on board, they're like, oh my gosh, I know you tried to explain this, but it's not until you experience it that you understand what we're talking about. I and love it, it. it's made my business has blown up. The, my relationships have blown up. I have some of the strongest. I mean, look at our conversation, right? Yeah. Because of this company, I know you. I've got some of the strongest relationships with people that I've known less amount of time than some people I've known in my whole life. And I have stronger connections with them. I, I mean, agree. that's what it's about. 100%. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like the first day that I, that I met you, we met at an event in Dallas last year. Yeah. And it was like, it was as though I've known you all my life. I know. Remember we ran up and we hugged. I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is the person we're meeting face to face, right? It's, it's amazing. So I, I know. love it. It, yeah. it was sort of like and we did that with our friend, the dear friend Renee when I sort of saw her in Florida. And it was just like, oh, my God, I feel like I know you already. But it's those feelings. And, you know, and they're not they're not fake. It is no, something right. that feels, you know, because we're in this virtual reality, for some reason, it's almost as though you build deeper relationships. Right. It's really bizarre. Well, and then you, when you're around people, you start recognizing their voices and you have yes. conversations. And so when people don't understand our culture, again, yeah. I used to try to explain it and try to convince yeah. them. Right? Do you remember when we met, when, when, when we heard Chuck Fazio and I hadn't met Chuck in yeah. person? <laughs> Wasn't that, I hadn't met him in person either. Remember? And I just walked up and hugged him. I was like, oh, wait, hi. <laughs> I'm a hugger. I just miss people. But yeah. So I, I love it just because of the relationships, but it's also, these are some of the top real estate minds in the nation, in the country, 100%. right? And so we're all pouring into each other and I can call, you know, somebody on the West coast and say, Hey, this is what I'm, I'm struggling with. In fact, that's what I did, right? Chuck, yeah. um, not Fazio, but Chuck uh, Keller and yes. Doug Ardo, they're in Beverly Hills, California. And I remember that there was a luxury class. And I remember I was pivoting into a little bit more luxury and yeah. I was like, Oh, I teach, I coach, I train, I love, I'll go add some nuggets and I walk my little avatar in there and they're both the ones standing on stage teaching luxury. And I'm like, huh, let me just sit down and take some notes, right? Because that luxury is very different than Austin, Texas. But because of what I learned from them, it changed my business. 
And I've got a strong relationship with those two. And it's just, it's just amazing what happens, um, you know, well past just the real estate transaction. It's so true. And this, this is an organization of community and it's really beautiful to see that. And then, you know, you also build your own sort of team of essence, right? So you have built an amazing, you know, call it team in, 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 in a sense of community within EXP. So first of all, how many people are in your team, if you will? In my Lux Property Group team? Nope. Or my EXP world sort of like my organization? Yes. Okay, now, Michael, you know, I never talk about this. Ah! Uh, but I will for you because I love you. Um, I have about 9,000. Isn't that insane? Yeah, wow. it's pretty insane. That is insanity. Yeah. And so that is extraordinary to sort of think about how you have built that over the years and really your belief and your vision and belief of what was possible here. So that's extraordinary. And then in your in your Lux team, you have a very core team as well. But how do you build? I want to talk about culture a little bit, right? Yeah. And so how do you build culture within your team? Because it is really interesting of how, you know, we have our core values at EXP. And then you really want to have those alignment with what is those other people out there representing you and your name also. So tell me how you feel about culture and how you instill that for those around you. That's a great question. Culture is huge to me, right? And and the environment that I'm in, because people either thrive or they die, whatever, depending on their culture. And I, you know, whether it's my organization within EXP or it's my Lux Property Group, my Lux Property Group is not a formal team. We just come together. We're a group of, there's five of us and we just have relationships over the last few years and it makes us look bigger in the marketplace, but we're our, our, we're our own individual agents. We have our own individual business, but we just collaborate and we have accountability and we build each other up. I don't want to be boss, right? I have four kids and I am already boss of my household. I don't want to be boss. I want to be somewhere where we can collaborate and grow together, right? I, you know, I was already at the top and I wanted to grow more and I, everybody would come to me, which I want people to come to me and I want to be a resource. But if you plug in and you show up, you create a better culture, right? And I, that's what I do. I don't just tell people, okay, go do this. I'm there right there with them. I'm in the trenches. Um, do I need to work? I mean, my, when I got in real estate, our job, my job was to be a stay at home mom, right? So we had already planned for me to stay at home. I realized quickly though, I'm a better mom because I work and I cannot be a mom, right? I need to talk to people. So could I stay at home or shop or do things like that all the time? Probably. Do I want to? Is that going to expand my my mind or my knowledge or my relationships? No. So when people pour into me, it gives me that energy to pour into others and everybody is better because of that. So um, that's, you know, for me, culture is a big thing. We just show up. We love on each other. Um, we find solutions. You listen for those that are that are struggling or need a little bit more support and you just love on them. And so I think that's what our company as a whole does. And it's really about collaboration, not competition. Um, again, that. it's hard to explain, but culture for me is huge. And, you know, and, and you really sort of like talk that talk and walk that walk. I mean, you know, I had a friend of mine that moved to to Austin that was new to the business. And I swear to you, you took him under your wing and it was just so beautiful of you to do that. I want to ask you what three pieces of advice you would give someone entering the business today 
I mean, it's so different than when we both both came into the business. So what would you suggest? Well, first thing I would say is figure out who you are and what kind of business you want. Because there's a lot of ways to get business in this industry, right? There are people that'll say, well, you have to cold call and knock on doors. And if you had told me that, I would have been out of the business because that's never going to happen. But that doesn't mean you can't be successful. But if that's not what you want to do, okay, what do you want to do, right? Go align yourself with organizations that you're passionate about. People want to do business that have like-minded interests, right? If you are huge into, I don't know, cycling, go join a cycling club, right? You you can talk the talk and have those commonalities and then you build those relationships and it's a much easier conversation. Oh, well, I do real estate, right? Right. For me, I built that with my my kids. I, I want my kids to be involved, but I never want anybody to see me and say, oh my gosh, run, there's Tripp's mom. She's going to talk about real estate, but I want them all to know what I do. And that has turned into my, really my um, referral base. So figure out who you want to be and what's authentic to you and own that. Don't try to be somebody else just because you think that's the way to do business. That's the beauty about our industry. Anybody can be successful in their own way. Social media is not my thing, right? And for a long time, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough. But no, that's just not my thing. I can I can do my own thing in a different way and let the social media people you know, do their thing. So I always say comparison kills joy. And that's what I, I would just say, just figure out who you are um, and own that. And then find people that do business the way you want to do business and pick their brain, take them to coffee. Um, there are so many times I co-list or I work on a buyer with another agent so they can learn and shadow me. Ask those questions. That's what I did. Sometimes people might say no, but most times they're going to say yes. They want to help, right? They want to serve. Um, and then I think the third would be don't spend money till you're making money. And what I mean by that is I've had so many people going, okay, I got to spend all this money. I got to get this fancy website. I got to get all these signs. I've got to do, you know, all this fancy marketing. I'm like, hold on. Do you have any business yet? Well, no. All right. So people are going to throw your things away. So you just really want to be intentional and impactful on the way to the trash can. So that doesn't have to be a lot of money. You know what I mean? Just make set, make sure you know what you're doing and do something a little different. I don't send just listed, just, just sold, but I get calls all the time. They're like, oh my gosh, I love your marketing piece, Elizabeth. Oh, that was so fun. I send stuff to my, my client's kids. So you don't have to spend a lot of money. Yeah. Um, certainly don't go buy lock boxes or signs until you have a listing. So um, I think a lot of people get in trouble because they spend all this money and then they wait and they're like, wait, the business isn't coming. I think they're a little bit backwards. So I think those would be my three pieces of advice. I like those. So what's the greatest lesson you've ever learned in your career thus far? Not all business is good business. Ooh, that's a good one. Tell me about that. Oh, I have lost so many nights of sleep and so much money taking business that I knew was not good or unrealistic or the personality was going to be toxic, right? I don't have to work with everybody. Everybody doesn't have to work with me. So it's okay to say no. And I say that out loud just more as a reminder for me, right? And yes, it's easy because I'm at a point in my business where I can say no to more things, but I think I would have 
come a lot further if I would have said no earlier on in my career. Like I really wanted, I, I really want this listing. So I'm going to take it, even though they're really unrealistic, right? Yes. I'm just going to end up disappointing them, disappointing yes. me. I'm not going to create a fan for life, right? So there's that's not a win-win situation. So not all business is good business. It's okay to say no. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'll just refer a, a potential client to a different personality or somebody that I think it can serve them better. And I still make a referral fee. So um, that's that's been a hard lesson for me because I am a people pleaser. I will go out of my way to make sure everybody loves me and I've done everything I can for somebody. Right. Um, but it's not the best use of my energy. You know, that's so funny because when I was selling in Miami years ago, 15 years ago, um, I had a lot of focus on Russian clients. And so I used to go to, that's why I was asking you about Russia earlier. That's so funny. And so I used to, I used to fly to Moscow twice a year. I had a lot of the Russian clients that were sort of coming in and a lot of the Russians were buying a lot of real estate back then. So this was like 2004, 2005 in Miami and they were buying the top of the market. And so a lot of my colleagues were really trying to deal with the same clientele and you know, it was um, they 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 found them as difficult clients, but I didn't because I yeah. understood the culture really well. And so, with the, with the Russian culture, you were either a stranger or family, and there was absolutely no gray area. And I like that. Yeah. And so for me, it was sort of like I I I, I deal with black and white really well. You knew and where I, you stood. So I knew where you knew where you stood, right? Yeah. And so it had it happened with me where a lot of my colleagues with other agencies would just sort of say, look, you're dealing with a lot of Russian clients. I'm not quite sure how, but I'm just going to refer this and I'd rather just have a referral fee. And yeah. I'm like, sure. And so they would come right in and it would be that sense of community because I understood it really well. And it was funny because when I was um when I was dealing with a very large client and I sold them a house on Fisher Island. And um, he comes in and it's a private island here off of Miami. And um, and so his wife had invited me to their home in the south of France. And so, you know, like when a lot of people sort of say, oh, you should come visit us over the summer. Right. And it was sort of like, that means like, I never want to see you. And so I was like, I thought it was just someone being polite. The next time I saw her, she was literally really angry that I didn't go visit. And so it's sort of like, and that was sort of like the culture. It's right. like we wouldn't have invited you had we not wanted you to come. Yeah. And so it was like that type of thing. So I love the idea of also having that ability to say no, because I did that early on, but I came from a banking world. And so, you know, I was trained differently with um, with with dealing with clients. Right. And it was the idea that when I had a client, I had a client make an assistant cry because I was on a plane and he couldn't get a hold of me. When I landed, I fired the client. Yeah. It was yeah. like, it's, it's not worth it. And I've had to fire clients before. And it's, it's kind it's just a huge relief. Yeah. Because that, that negative energy, I mean, life's too short, right? And we way do this. Short. And I, I mean, if I'm focusing all this energy on a client that is not overjoyed and thrilled and easy to work with, well, it's taking away from my, the other clients I enjoy working with or somebody That's else right. I'd like to work with. So um, it took me a long time. And I tell people that all the time. I mean, I could tell you all the instances where I should have said no and I should have fired a client. I mean, they are burned in my brain because you remember those so vividly. Yeah. But I realized, okay, I had to learn from that. What did I learn from that? Wow. Um, and so 
saying no is okay. And, and I've been turning down business. I've been saying no to more things and it's, it's a good feeling because life's too short and I just don't want to be focusing on the negative. Let's focus on the positive. You know, I want to go back to something that you had said earlier when you moved from Atlanta to, uh, to Texas and you didn't know anybody. Uh-huh. How did you start? Well, we lived in a townhouse community. There are 44 houses in the little townhouse. I only had one child at the time, Trip. He was 18 months old. I put him in a wagon. I was like, well, I might as well get to know my neighbors. And we knocked on doors, not to get business, but to get to know my neighbors. And oh. so I knocked on the door and I was like, hi, you know, I'm Elizabeth. This is Trip. We just moved in. You know, my husband got relocated here. And they were all these, oh, these little grandparents. I mean, they, I think I was probably the youngest by maybe 30 years, 40 years, maybe. Um, and they're like, oh, hi. And so you have a conversation. Yeah. Where did you move from? Why did you move here? Who are, you know, all these things. Well, what did you do there? Well, what are you going to do here? It always comes back to what are you going to do? So I don't ever bring it up, but people would bring it up. And I have a, my husband always says an Aaron Brockovich memory because I remember things really easy. And so then I'd go back to my house and, you know, hello, Dorothy. It was so nice meeting you and Toto. And I hope we see you around the neighborhood some more and whatever, and just send a handwritten note. And then I passively started just marketing to them once a month, slowly and just intentional, not just listed, not any of that stuff. And I had so many, my first referral came from that. My first referral came from my son's preschool. She thought I did all this business here because she knew I'd been in real estate for a number of years, but she didn't realize it was here. Right. So I just got to talking to people passively. I am not an aggressive, bold, loud person when it comes to business at all. Um, and so I just market passively to them and I built the relationships that way. And I was consistent, like consistency is the key. You can't just do one thing once and, and then hope that you're going to have positive results from it. And so, um, you know, I was consistent in building the relationships and getting to know them. I still talk to some of those neighbors. They love me. They love me. And so, um, that's how I met people. Well, to know you is to love you. Thank you. I have one final question for you. Sure. So in your like book of life, what's this chapter called? That's a, oh, you know, I kind of got a couple chapters challenging each other. Yeah. One would be growth, right? That's so boring. Everybody <laughs> says growth, right? We're always growing in our own way, whether it's your business or your life. And but really, if I'm being honest, it'd be more of curiosity. Mm, I like that. So when I when I moved to Austin and they asked me about why are you getting in the business here? This is a horrible time. And I thought, well, it's opportunity. Same thing with the XP. Everybody was like, are you crazy? You are a top agent. You've got this business. What are you doing? And I said, well, People what said if? that to me too. Right. What if? Yeah. What if it bombs? What if this was the worst decision I've ever made? Well, every single broker in this city will take me back or or allow me to be there or I could start my own brokerage. But what if not? What if it does something really amazing, which we've seen it do, right? I want to be a part of that story. What if I could have been a part of Amazon? I'm in that, I'm kind of in that chapter again right now, that curiosity, right? I've built my business. Glenn talks about pain versus purpose. I'm yeah. definitely out of the pain, but I'm really focused on the purpose. What is my purpose? So I'm exploring different things and, and I love my business, but I love this and I love this. And so I'm just being a little bit 
curious on what I can do and how I can make a bigger impact that will not only impact others, but impact me in a big way, because I'm, I'm a giver. And a lot of, and a lot of times I forget to be, be, um, filled again. Like I forget to get my cup filled. Does that make sense? So I'm in that, I'm in that phase of curiosity. So I think if I have to choose one overgrowth, I would say my chapter would be called curiosity. So tell me how that impact looks like for you, that way of impacting others. What does that mean for you? I just want people to have the biggest, grandest life that they want for themselves. I want people to outproduce me, outperform me, if that's what they want, right? I mean, they look at my business and I've been giving a lot of my business away right now. Yeah. And they're like, why are you doing that? I said, because I want to see you grow and I want to see you succeed. And I don't need the business. I've got referrals coming in. So I'm getting the business. So how can I share and help you grow? So I just, that's just me. I just want to see everybody succeed. And I know that sounds a little bit cliche and maybe, um, maybe I'm, I'm dreaming too big, but I feel like if we all, there's been so many negative things and so much, you know, hurt in the world over the last, especially 18 months that it's like, okay, let's figure out how we can help each other heal and how we can pour into each other. And when we do that, how much better off are we all going to be? So for me, that's, that's just kind of my goal. I love connecting people. I love, um, you know, being that resource. Um, I tell people, I don't want to be a secret agent, right? Don't be a secret agent. And so I want people to come to me and know that they can come to me and outside of real estate, I want them to do the same. So I just, that's just who I am. And I want my children to, um, learn and watch and grow in that way too, and give back. Elizabeth, you're a beautiful soul and you you. are such a great, great friend. And I know that our friendship is new, but I feel as though I've known you a long time. It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, You're just a really great person. And I think that you're an amazing, amazing businesswoman, an amazing mother, an amazing philanthropist. You give so much to others. And I am just so blessed to know you. Well, thank you, my friend. I'm blessed to know you. And there was no... No accident of why we met. And so I'm excited no, to see yeah, what what's to come of it. And I'm so excited to see you in person. And um, I don't know, it's just it's just it's been a great company, like I said, for so many reasons, but the relationships are precious to me. It's amazing. And thank you for being on the show. I thank really you for appreciated me. that. And thank you for all of you for listening. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Mm-hmm.